0: What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Jake Sunsdale, host of Jake and Gino Podcast. we have my co-host, a multifamily mentor, the coach, of chef, father of six, the best-selling author, Gino Barber. Gene, how's it going? Jake, I'm coming in hot today, bro. How you doing? Are you? I don't know. You cooled <laughs> off a little bit. Like I was, I was like, wow, the guy's a little passionate right now. And now he's, he's backing off. Must well, be this that, is that, for that purple. That purple is like pulling you down a little. I don't know. This is for my wife. Stop
2: fooling around with the camera i know you yeah, got seriously stuff to why do. are you messing
1: with this shit dude leave I, it in one place and don't touch it
2: seriously. i want to walk in hit the button and let it go instead i gotta sit here go wires come
1: on all right i don't just want to walk it. in and hit the, hit button, the button my friend and if it doesn't great. work you pull the plug and turn it back on i got you <laughs> well enough tech support from these two dumbasses. right here we go we have a great guest today today's guest is an entrepreneur investor and podcast host he is a true rags to riches story and has the knowledge, experience, and skills to help anyone start wholesaling real estate, even if they have never bought or sold a house before. So without further ado, Nathan Payne, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It is our pleasure. So as I was saying, let's get to know each other a little little better here. Uh, Please share with us your background and how you got started in business.
0: Yeah, so I was uh got started in in real estate about four years ago. I uh, got, graduated from college. My buddy was one of my roommates. His dad was a wholesaler at the time in Missouri. He would find properties, he'd get them ready, and then he would sell them to investors that were foreign or either in like California, where they got a bigger return on their investment in Missouri, like in those cheaper areas. So uh, my buddy was uh, wholesaling, and I was doing in college and I was doing door-to-door sales and we were back and forth throughout college. He was like, Hey, come wholesale, come like do real estate. And I was like, Hey man, I'm making good money doing door-to-door. Cause in college, that was like a big thing, right? You know, you got a bunch of your friends and you'd go out and sell for a summer. You go knock doors. We were selling-, selling steaks or what? What are you selling man? <laughs> we are selling truck dish, dish network. Yeah. So satellite okay. TV. So we were out there in the boondocks, you know, Terre Haute, Indiana, just random places where cable was kind of bad, you know, the connection. And we would just go there and clean up, get people on, you know, the nice DVRs, hook them up when that was a cool, you know, bigger thing. It's probably not that big anymore. But so we did that. I did that throughout college. And then after college, I was like, got married and. Um, I was like, man, I don't want to be so live a transient lifestyle. My wife doesn't want to move around every summer because it's a very transient lifestyle. Like you got to go, you know, every summer to a new area to sell. Because if you you keep everyone in their own nomad life that's right yeah if yeah. you keep everybody in their their own environment they're not going to want to get up and knock doors right so you got to go put plan them somewhere in a random area that they don't know anybody get them to work so uh did that and then i didn't want to do it anymore reached out to my buddy said hey you know i'm trying to use my sales skills let's go into real estate he was working a job i was still doing that we quit we went, went all in on wholesaling just I, I did the only thing i knew Went and knocked doors got you know one of our first deals from knocking doors then went cold calling, and then you know, you know how it is. You just like you literally
1: started knocking on doors. You weren't even picking up the phone at that time.
0: Uh we we called a little bit, but I was just more comfortable in the beginning, just knocking that's doors. That's hilarious. Yeah, we go to, yeah, go to crappy. <laughs> it's not the most efficient, but that's great, right? You got it's, some, it's got not, some deals yeah, done. No, but uh, we, you know, just went into crappy neighborhoods and yeah. we're like, hey, you know what? Um, the pitch was somewhat like, hey, we we work for a buyer. He's looking to buy in this area. Are you selling? Right? Even though it was us, we're trying to get the deals. We yes. were just trying to. You know, we didn't want so so to play to play devil's advocate, did you
1: have a higher close rate because you're in person than over the phone? Yeah, it had to be right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I would say you're always face to face. They say belly to belly, you're gonna have a higher close rate. Uh, but I mean I was such a noob at that time, uh, I think my close rate was probably pretty bad. So yeah.
2: So Nathan, what did you get out of college?
0: Relationships. That's how I met my I think you got a wife. No, I didn't meet my wife until after okay. college. We met so on a dating nothing. app. So. <laughs> no, yeah, no no wife uh, from college met on a dating app. And then, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Would, college, you, would you have
2: gone to college now looking back or would you have said, hey, I'm going to go into sales and I'm going to learn sales?
0: It's a very interesting thought because, I mean, college was fun. You had a good time. So it's like, do I replace the fun and the relationships for making money? and just getting a head start probably not i probably would have had fun still because m- money's cool right we all we all want to you know be successful but i had a great time so i probably wouldn't replace the relationships and the fun so what
2: skills did you learn from going knocking door to door
0: uh the ability to take no for uh, and not get offended or uh, let it affect you d- doesn't affect me at all rejection
2: and so how do you, how the listeners are listening right now, they're going, I love to learn that skill, but I don't have time to go knocking on doors and a lot. How do I actually incorporate
0: that into my life? Well, I guess it depends on what phase you are in your life, right? Like if you're a young guy, um, you know, you, you probably could go knock on doors if you already have a job and you got a family. Um, a way that we do it in our industry is we cold call, you know, we get a mojo dialer, we get a triple line dialer, nine, whatever line dialer, and you just, call a bunch of people and you ask them if they want to sell their house, you'll get rejected a thousand times in an hour, you know, or in a day, however many people call it, you call. So it, that's, that's the way you can start the rejection real quick is ask people if they want to sell their house. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're doing this,
2: how does the script go? What, what do you, what, what do you say to people to, to actually try to get that?
0: Yes. Uh, it's not so much of a try to get the yes. It's more of try to find the opportunity because you can't convince anyone to sell their house. Uh, it's either something they've decided to do. It, you know, it's not, you can't randomly call someone and you know, Oh, I haven't thought of that. You know, it's, it, it doesn't really happen like that. So You find the opportunity. That's why taking rejection is stupid because like when I was doing door to door and if you get offended, it's stupid. Cause you know, if I knock on someone's door and try to sell them dish network or TV and they don't watch TV, why are you going to get upset with that person? You know, they don't want your product. They don't have a problem.
1: This brings up a really interesting topic. So we, ha- we have a group of guys that, you know, we do a lot of deals through brokers, but also there's a group of guys that, similar to you, call apartments for us in our area. Mm-hmm. And, and we work with them directly, have a weekly meeting with them. And the the push lately, because for the last, I don't know how many years, they've hit everybody. There's only so many deals. And as our friend Bo Berry likes to say, the worst deals that that happen to you are, are the ones that you never get an at-bat, right? It sells off market. Someone bought it direct, whatever the case may be. And those are the ones that sting the most because ultimately you just want an at-bat. You want to try to you know give your best to get the deal. So when you don't get that opportunity, it stings. What I've been trying to coach our guys on is that, look, you've already... Sp- Either attempted to speak to these people or given them some type of message. If it's the same message, hey, would you like to sell your property over and over again? It gets stale and it gets weird because they got a million guys doing that. So I think aligning yourself uh, in, in in the in the type of partnership scenario is better. And what do I mean by that? If you're reaching out, hey, you may not be ready to sell yet, but we have a presence in your community. We're local and and we own X amount of units, right? That's Mm -hmm. setting it up. And then you say, when you're ready, or if you ever would like an offer, we're here. And we just hope that you save our information and give us a chance when you're thinking about moving it. Because then at that point, you're partnering and aligning yourself with the people. And if they are ready at that time, maybe you get that chance. But if not, maybe they save your number. And if you hit them enough over a period of time, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a a quarter, whatever it may be. I, I think especially for larger transactions, you're aligning yourself versus just what everybody else does. Hey, you want to sell? You want an offer? And I think that, you know, it's great to do that initially, but at some point you need to find a way to build more rapport.
0: I agree 100%. So the way that the business that I work in is single families, right? So there's thousands, millions of single family homes, yeah. especially if you widen your your, sure. your range, right, to the United States. Now, if I was in your scenario where you were targeting a specific area and you you were already going through those people, I would try to develop relationships with those guys, take them out to lunch, develop rapport and be like, hey, look, I, you know, I know you don't want to sell, but I'd love to pick your brain and learn from you because you're obviously- you just want to be
1: there when they're ready to go. That's the key and they need to right. know who you are. That's the yeah, biggest so thing. I, and that's what we're working on yeah.
0: 100%. So, I would tell those guys just to you know build add value, right? Because, like, I as I build the community, as you guys have a community, like, what do people really want when they talk to you? They want you to provide value, right? So, if you're just calling and asking every time. Um, if they mm-hmm. want to sell, yeah, well, that's, that's it's, you not the become
1: right. like a fly. Right. And, and it's right. the same people over and over again. So you gotta, you gotta
0: find a way to differentiate yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So totally agree with you. If for your guys add value for my guys that uh, probably will never talk to those people again, cause there's millions of homes you are going for it's, I think more of a like, numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a numbers game. Yeah. And how have you been
2: able to scale from yourself going door knocking to now actually adding a team and, and starting to like delegate the responsibility to team members?
0: Right. So, I mean, the, the way you really got to do is through lead gen, right? If you don't have a consistent flow of leads, um, it's going to be difficult because you won't have that many at-bats or that many opportunities. So it really depends for us. Like we've gone through every lead gen opportunity and they all have their season, right? Like sometimes texting will hit harder. Sometimes cold calling will do better. Uh, MLS offers right now, they're doing better because people's properties are sitting. So as you scale, you just have to find your your marketing channel. And go after it. Right. But the way I kind of do wholesaling now, because of the market has shifted, I don't really market as much. I don't like to spend money. I I like to leverage uh, my, the community and other wholesalers that want to learn. And I just I look for deals that are on the MLS and I have relationships with guys, you know, uh, business relationships, like with people like you, where I know what you want. And if I go see it, if I find another wholesaler that has it or another agent, I would just come to you directly. So instead of me just having randomly trying to find a random deal out there, I would bring you what you need and what you've told me you want. That's how I, I, I call it's called reverse wholesaling, but I call it painless wholesaling because my last name is Nathan Payne. And I try to teach people, that the painless way is already have a buyer lined up instead of just randomly trying to fi- figure He's it branding, out.
2: branding, Gino. So I like that. So painless. pain
1: the pain. Let's go. <laughs> So, so right. Nathan
2: when if I'm a wholesaler or I'm looking to get into into the real estate business mm-hmm. and I'm looking at wholesaling is that what I should do go look for a community or just try to do it myself what what would your what would your plan of action be
0: 100% find a community if you can't find a RIA. if you don't join my community your community or any community out there find a buyer find someone that you can trust that does deals and and ask them what they want and when then, you say buyer, is, is it, this someone that does flips or like define buyer, you know, for your space, uh, usually cash buyer, someone that has yeah. cash that can either go get hard money that has their own money. Like you guys have your money, like, cause the way the wholesaling works is usually if you, they, uh, get have traditional financing, there's not a fee. They can't pay you a wholesale fee or an assignment fee, but if they have cash, you can just, you know, tie up, you can assi- get the contract signed with the seller, assign it to your end buyer for uh, a fee. And that's how you get paid.
2: Got when it. you're, when you're evaluating deals, how do you, what are you are looking at parameters? What are your KPIs as far as looking for profit per deal? Uh, you know, number of deals you're trying to do, what, what, what is, what is it typical in the wholesaling business?
0: So in the wholesaling business, we're mainly selling to flippers. That's kind of like our, our, our go-to because they have the, they get the hard money, they have the cash. So the flippers over the last like two years during the pandemic have been kind of throwing their rule out the window. They've you, you know, it's usually 15 to 20% uh, net profit of the after repair value. They want to make at least that. Uh, so, but over the last two years, it's been like 10%, 7%, 12%. They just been so trying. So was to get-
1: there a pullback or were they still doing deals and just taking less? And and, and please actually just explain the last two years uh, how the flipping business went. Cause I honestly don't, I'm not involved in it at all. and love to hear your perspective on that.
0: Yeah. So the, over the last two years, uh, people were just trying to get any deal, right? Inventory was low. You throw a house- Because it was the their business and they were forcing it maybe. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, the the inventory was low. So anybody could be a flipper over the last two years. Like anyone could take a property and get it at a slight discount and throw it on the market um, yeah. and, and make money, right? That's what, essentially what I did a lot is instead of wholesaling, I wholetailed where you would just get a property that was not updated, clean it, and then list it and then you would make you know 80k 10, 100k whatever um that was the play but that's not the play anymore because uh there's inventories higher uh people are looking for the updated properties and flippers are now like, hey, I'm not just gonna buy uh, something that's slightly discounted. I need something that's like a 60% of after yeah. value. So the, the difference. Oh, is- you,
1: you have to define the hotel for me. It's, a, <laughs> that's it's like I, I, no, you said hotel, hotel whole tail, bro, not hotel. Whole oh <laughs> whole.
0: tail. Expo- <laughs> so it's not hotel. It's whole tail. Hey, yeah, man, I I, I got to enunciate a little bit better. Yeah, whole tail. And like, and and define home. that whole. Wholetail, it's it's so there's wholesaling and yeah. there's wholetailing, which is you basically just take down the property yourself and then throw it right on the MLS on the market without really doing much. Carpet, paint, maybe clean, yeah. And that's that's what they deem that they call it wholesaling because it's. But what are
1: the two words being combined? It's wholesale and what?
0: Wholesaling real estate is that what you're referring yeah, to? Like
1: it's yeah. it's wholesaling real estate, and then what's the tailing? Like I, I don't know. Like if you're putting two words together. It's wholesale, whole, whole right? <laughs> Yes. What is this? But what's the, the tail? I think yeah. I
0: think the tail, you know, I've never dived into the definition. But Dude, I was just, you don't know what it means. You're throwing shit out there, man. He's like, I heard it. We're it. I'm like, I've I actually, heard in a rap song, bro. It's, like, it's <laughs> so good. I've actually looked it up because I was trying to figure out how to yeah. spell it. And, you know, I saw the definition, but uh, I could not, uh, you know, rip it for you guys. Right no worries.
1: Now. I just I was curious because it was it sounded funny to me and it took me yeah. a minute there. Anyways, please no, carry did. on. Oh, yeah, you're good. So I'm to I, train of thought. I, I'm trying to think question. of the hotel wholesale and, and hoe we got hose going on around here uh Dude, I thought oh, it was like a yeah. ludicrous song from back in the day or something
2: right <laughs> so Nathan you're looking that. at these deals and let's talk about how the market shifted because anyone listening to this there's patterns in the market and it's gonna it's gonna repeat itself it's called the market cycle so now what are you projecting now in the wholesale business now now that that's over and you know what interest rates do affect market prices and they do affect right. days on the market everybody I mean that people forgot about about that a year ago, and now it's smacked them right in the face. So, what do you what are you projecting in your space currently right now?
0: So, the play right now in our space is uh, find the cash buyers, the people that are buying now that aren't affected by the interest rates. Maybe people that have mm. actually money, they're not uh, using hard money because you know they're going to be a little bit more leery to move forward. But uh, yeah, find the the, the real people and then find them deals, right? Because there's a lot of not fakers, but there was a lot of people just dabbling, right? And Mm -hmm. you know, over the last two years, so you have to find the right the right buyers. And I show people in my community, like how to find the people that are buying, like find find the real ones. And then creative financing is the play that everyone's going for right now. Like if you know, if everyone has like 3%, 4%, 2%, whatever interest rates that are underwater or maybe you know they want to sell instead of just saying, hey, I'll buy your house for cash, maybe structure a deal with them um, and keep their their loan in place and do a subject to, or if they own the house outright, sell their carry back, that's uh that's the play right now.
2: Are you holding any of these assets that you're buying to be rentals?
0: So over the last four years I have not held many because if you build a wholesaling business, you have acquisitions managers, leads managers, you have overhead. So you really can't hold because you have to pay out your, everybody and that's mm-hmm. kind of the flaw in my opinion of a, a wholesaling business is most people get into it because they want to keep properties but they don't understand if you build a wholesaling business that has you know act, like people you have to pay out commissions you, you, they're not going to let you just hold something and you know not get paid so I haven't kept a lot just because I've had to keep the engine going. And mm-hmm. I honestly think wholesaling, if you're going to keep it as a, a whole business, I think it's a flawed model. I think it's okay to wholesale and do a couple deals and get them uh, under your belt and have that exit strategy. But I don't think it's like the best business model.
1: So where do you All see right. yourself? All right, hold on. Hold on, Gina. We got to call time out here. This is a huge inflection point. So how do you bridge your current business and your lead generation, because you have value there, Yes, keep that going, but also create a, a model where you can hold some of this and maybe incorporate team members that see a bigger vision because you obviously have something really good, right? Everyone wants leads, they want good deals, but then you're, you're basically handing them off and then losing the future upside to make a little rip now. And right. long-term, you're creating an, 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 basically another man's wealth. Right, While you're, you're getting a paycheck, which is great, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you could probably have your cake and eat it too. So how do you see bridging that gap in the future?
0: Yeah. Wholesaling is a very active income business. A lot of people think it's real estate investing, but really, I mean, you could say it is, but it's, it's really, you're just the middleman, right? You're just giving people deals. So how do you bridge that? Well, I mean, now that I'm dealing with multifamily right now, sometimes I try to get in the deal, right? Like I'll say, Hey, um, you can pay me a wholesale fee of 50 K, but is it cool? You know, let's, let's structure this where I can get equity. Yeah. let me get some equity. Right. So I had this, the Aplex, I was trying to, you know, get some equity and, and this deal. And that's probably what, how you would structure is like, maybe don't try to re- crush the person with a whole, a huge wholesale fee, or even make a big one and just say, Hey, look, I'm willing to learn and provide value. Uh, let me just, you know, let me get a piece of equity. The and the how-
1: other opportunity for you is to become either an operator or someone that holds real property yourself and potentially incorporate your team members and, basically explain to them the bigger vision of holding and owning properties. And then maybe they can roll some of their, what would be commissions into right. a deal where you could hold long-term. Uh, there's, a, there's a book I'm going to recommend to you. It's called Small Giants. It kind of talks about it, employee stock ownership programs, things like that. We're not basically suggesting that, but finding alignment with the people on your team so that you're not basically competing with one another, but maybe finding you know common ground where, you can have maybe, you know, some fees on the front end, but also then, you know, uh, hold some things or something like that. So I think that there's there's, yeah. there's things that you could do where you could actually start to hold some of this stuff as well.
0: No, I agree with you. And I think like single family, that's kind of what most most people deal with in wholesaling. But like if you start da- dabbling more in multifamily commercial, yeah, those are assets that I definitely want to hold. Single families, yeah. is, I, I wouldn't say don't do it, but I'm definitely more interested in the multi-union commercial.
2: Yeah. So I have a proposition for the both of you hit uh, Nathan, right. how about you have this business and this team that you're building? How about you buying an office space, like a little strip mall with uh, an ability to put, to put your operations and your offices in there and have possibly, the, like Jake said, the employees have a little piece of that. They see ownership because I think the proof is in the pudding. It's very hard to tell people, hey, this is what's going on. But once they experience it, once they see that the mortgage payments are getting paid to Nathan, LLC, they see, wow, I'm, I'm paying the mortgage, but I'm also getting rent from these other spaces. That may be a place for a lot of wholesalers to start. Once they start building up, you know, their, their, their operations business, they start having a bunch of employees. Have you ever thought of that?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. You know, um, I haven't thought about doing that just because, uh, There's a lot of places in Utah that are like month to month, like Vivo office is really cheap, like 400 bucks. That's kind of been my play, just like, yeah, let me go find a cheap office. But that's that's a. have always thought maybe like getting a community space, like you said, and just getting a bunch of guys that just want to grind like a boiler room and figuring out like charging them rent and that i mean that would so be... this
2: is my vision nathan right now my vision because i used to own a restaurant and i had to have apartments upstairs you have a nice little office space you have a nice little studio for yourself you have a nice little like acquisitions area for yourself and then in the same strip mall you may have a little pizzeria a little nail salon they're paying the rent for service, you, the rent for if you. you're
1: going to do it get service based things where people need to come in for right like yeah. yes barber shops restaurants <laughs> coffee shops, and then you, yeah. you
2: have your own offices there you have a nice little studio there you do your podcast and, stuff, and you write it off and then all of a sudden you're in the business and guess what you got your cost segregation from the building you're paying less taxes and then your team members say wow this is pretty cool we have ownership i mean we don't have to own every asset that we buy but all of a sudden the mentality starts shifting so i think you should look into
0: that yeah that's a great suggestion i appreciate that i'd love to own a strip mall that'd be sweet (laughs) and
2: and for and for us how you know, in the next five years, for you looking at the business, how do you see the the wholesaling business? If Everything's changing. How yeah, do you see a question. In, in the next five years, this business changing? Because a lot of states want to outlaw it. They want you to get a real estate license. Right. And it's very difficult in some states to actually wholesale.
0: Yeah, it's 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 interesting to think of what where this business is going. I mean, there's so many ways to get around it. You can double close, which you actually purchase the property. You just would make less money on your wholesale fees. There's double closing. There's a Jerry Norton is one of my mentors and he found a way that you can buy a, a property in an LLC and instead of assigning your contract, you just assign you just have someone purchase the LLC that holds the asset. Uh there's, there's just a lot of ways. So I believe that wholesaling will always be around. It just will look different. Maybe it won't be technically assigning the contract. But if, if you can find a discounted deal, whether that's a car, whether that's like discounted food, I mean, you're always going to have uh, somebody that will pay more for it if you find the deal. Mm-hmm.
2: And what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see wholesalers make out there?
0: I think the biggest mistake is, you know, they see gurus, they see YouTube and people tell them just to go spend money on marketing. So they go send out mailers. They don't even know who they sent it out to. They don't even know how to close deals. So they'll just blow money. I know because I did this. I would just spend money on marketing. And I heard the more money you spend, the more opportunities you'll get. So I was just spending money like crazy. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they just blow, blow their money on mentorships and As well,
2: (laughs) yes. Before we go to the personal growth questions, last question for me is sales skills. I mean, where did you get your sales skills? I mean, I know you were door-to-door knocking, but are there any other mentors out there? You learned it in the
1: streets, Gino.
2: Hey, but you you gotta you gotta have some type of. uh, I want to say your pitch or your opportunity. Where where have you learned your sales skills? And what skills skills would you would you recommend?
0: So I would say that door-to-door completely is the wrong approach that I learned to doing uh, sales right? Because you, you have one opportunity to get someone and try to close them right there. So I was kind of, uh, it was a pressure, more of a pressure. It's like, hey, our trucks are in the area that you can get this discount. And uh, it was the wrong approach. I was good, but it was not the right thing to do. So after I learned- Scarcity,
1: wrong- it was scarcity. Get it now, or we're gone. We're exactly. Never coming back to this remote location again.
0: <laughs> exactly. So- I learned from getting in and getting my butt kicked the first year uh, or a couple months of trying to get properties that that is not the right way to sell. So I started learning from Franklin and Covey a sales training. Uh, there's a guy in our industry named John Martinez and it was more of a base. Uh, the, the sales skill was not like, a, you know, a pressure, but it was spin selling. I mean, you guys. Oh yeah. That?
1: I was, I was going to um, ask you, I was like, I know the, the Franklin, what is that? And those, it's, it's spin, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The thing?
0: It's, yeah. Essentially it's talking about the end in mind, finding out what their issues are, presenting options, uh, trying to find a win-win scenario. So that, that's what I've trained on. And, and I, I would say I'm pretty proficient in trying to find, the the win-win scenario so that's that's my sales skills again from door door did not really translate other than i know how to talk and take rejection and then it went to i'm very good at trying to find out what their problem is what their per- picture perfect scenario where they're trying to go and trying to f- show them this is where you'll you know, selling your house, that's a piece of trash, like, and it's really bothering you. Imagine, you know, being, you know, having that cash in your pocket and being somewhere else, you know, how's that make you feel? So they're like, mm, yeah, that's what I want. And they are like, okay, well, this is, these are the options. Which one would you like? So yeah, I never push people to a cash offer. A lot of people say, "How? like, how do you sleep at night? It's like, I, I don't make anyone take a, a low ball offer. I say, Hey, you should list this. And if they don't want it to list it, then we look at the other options available. And wholesale is usually the last option but if they want it you know
1: it's, kinda... it's like this you know people love all these okay because you were talking about food before they love discounted food but they hate the wholesalers i think it's kind of unfair to you folks i'm just that's all i'm saying right yeah okay. we have a marginalized community here gino that's all i gotta <laughs> say about that all right guys let's take a quick time out to hear from our sponsor are you looking for ways to improve your life here at jake and gino our mission is to empower students through financial education and the vehicle of multifamily investing.
2: Yes, Jake. We agree that a person with financial intelligence can change the world for the better.
1: We've created our proprietary three-step framework, buy right, manage right, and finance right, that we teach to our community. This framework, along with education, our one-on-one mentorship, on-site boot camps, and the amazing community has propelled our students to massive success.
2: We've all been there. We've had so many students that have been able to shift their mindset overcome limiting beliefs, and set a clear path to achieve their goals. Whether you're currently fixing and flipping, wholesaling, or buying single-family rentals, and you know that multifamily investing is the right vehicle for you, I encourage you to visit jakeandgino.com forward slash apply to schedule your complimentary consultation with our team. And I want to let you know this isn't a high-pressure sales call. It's really just a discovery call to get to know each other better and see if we're a good fit for working together. And if for any reason we're not a good fit, our team has tons of resources we will
1: share with you to help you along your journey. If you're ready to stop spinning your wheels, go to jakeangino.com forward slash apply and schedule your call now. All right, we are back. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear a story from you, Nathan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're kicking down doors in the streets, making it happen. You know, give me, give me the craziest story. Uh, you know, from beating down doors in, in your sales days.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, I'll also tell you that when I was 19 years old, I went on a mission for my church, uh, the Latter-day Saint Church, Mormons, if, if most people know. So there's some crazy stories there. For do they, do years, they I... teach
1: sales skills at church if you're a Mormon? Because I feel like all, all you guys are like excellent salespeople. What's going on with this?
0: Yeah. So when you're, uh, when you go on a mission, they have a training, they train you, right? How to present, uh, to teach. Yeah, cause you're trying to teach people about Jesus. So there is training, right? And I don't know, you know, you could say it's sales training, but uh you know, which essentially it is, right. You're trying to sell your, your religion, right? Um, well, there it I, is. Then he uncovered the, <laughs> this is the connection. I got it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And, or conv- not convince people, but share it. So sure. Uh, yeah, that's, hey, you're so creating to, opportunities in the name to, of God. Say, I got so you. two two years of that, you know, and I had some interesting experiences uh, with that. But uh, I would a gun was pulled out on me selling dishes. Ooh,
1: powder. spicy!
0: Yeah, I was a uh, I was in Oklahoma and. Did you pull
1: border. back or did you tuck and run?
0: I was not afraid. I'm not afraid to die, or at least I wasn't there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I
0: it was So uh, we were like, is this a
1: no? Then is that what you
0: said? <laughs> Or so you don't want to
2: maybe, you don't want to hotel this then, right? We, we can't hotel this deal. Okay. <laughs> you're
0: not ready to That's go, right. huh? So it was on the border of Oklahoma and Texas. That's because in a remote area. Six shooter um, then. It, it, I don't know what it, I think it was a, yeah, it might've been the six shooter. So I knocked on the door. I saw that the guy had a dish satellite that was outdated and uh, knocked on the door. He had the gun pulled out already. As soon as he opened the door and he's like, get out of here. And I'm like, you know, I wasn't worried about getting blasted. So I was like, "Sure, I'm I'm here because I see your dishes outdated. I'm just here to update it." <laughs> and he's, and he's like, "I'm here to cap your ass, son." <laughs> so that was pretty wild. Hmm. Um, yeah, not nothing. Did nothing you put your bad. hands up and walk backwards, or no? I wasn't. I wasn't worried because yeah. I mean, if if it was time to go, I was right with God. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so Absolutely. yeah, I wasn't too worried about it. But that was an interesting story. Um, you know when it comes to real estate, I I bought a property in California that uh, I thought was uh, vacant. And then after we closed on it in Salt Lake City, we didn't know when we closed on it to sell to someone else, uh, we found out there was a squatter living in there for like nine months, like he had established himself. So we were trying to sell it to uh, another investor. And he's like, I'm not touching that thing. You know, uh, there's squatter rights here. It's kind of messy in California. So you know, we reached out to the squatter. We said, Hey man, we'll give you 500 bucks to get out of there. We need to sell this. And he's like, no, give me 2,500 and 30 days of AK and I'll think about it. So I got upset and I flew out to California with my business partner at the time and we kicked them out and the cops came you know I didn't think anything would happen, but it got pretty crazy. Cops came, you know, his his boss that was employing him came and was like uh, trying to like get us out of there. But uh luckily we were able to get him out because there was no running utility. So we could condemn the property and the code officers um were able to you know get him out but how it long crazy.
2: did it take how long did that whole process take you
0: one one day we flew one out warning morning um and got him out that day but it could have gone either way right like yeah. if he goes to work, can't you just lock the doors and is that it or no? So it was interesting. There was no door on the the, the house, so. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. The reason why there was a big problem, because there's about a 12 foot gate that was locked. So every time we try to tell the cops to go over there, they're like, we're not jumping this fence. So the guy would jump the fence over to go into his house. So we flew out there. We hired a locksmith, cut the big lock off the gate and then opened it and then locked it shut. Like, so it couldn't reopen. And then we were able to get him out. And, you know, he was actually at work at the time when we we uh, went in, his girlfriend was there with another dude. Uh, he probably didn't know about we got them out and uh then the boss came from work and with hit with the guy and was like hey you can't kick my employee out of his house and i'm like why don't you pay your guy a little bit more so he can get an apartment with that has running water he's like he's and
1: making like 250 grand a
0: year dude right like, <laughs> so it was that was wild shit. i've never had wow. that that experience but the you know the cop luckily was on our side he's like oh, this there's a lot of problems with that home too they were stealing bikes from like na- the neighborhood and selling drugs so they were glad to get it out out of there
1: dude, you, you're 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 a man of the people, right? That, that's that's doing the good work right there because obviously yeah. there's no, nothing good going on there. So That's what we
0: do normally. The yeah. wholesalers, we clean up communities. Like a lot yeah. of the deals I've done have been with like people that are drug infested and they we get their house, pe- the neighborhood throws us a party. Like we're helping.
1: You're out. you're the reason there's so many people, you know, living in tents in California. This is what's going on, right? <laughs> that's I'm, right. I'm, I'm well, a lot of me. the
0: people I've worked with have RVs. So luckily they're, yeah. they're probably posted up in their RVs. Jake, right. I'm trying to see where you, that connection's going, bro.
2: That
1: connection doesn't make sense to me, so... <laughs> No, he's getting the squatters out of the, the 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 houses so people can fix them up, and he's putting them under the tents. That's what I'm okay. saying. Okay, yeah, I don't, dude. Come does. on, stay with me now. Come on, come on, come on. Lord is making you slow, Gino. Hey, uh, give give the folks a basic script. Like if if someone wants to start calling uh, to mom and pop apartment owners, you know, and it doesn't have to be dialed in or anything, but give us give us like the crux, the bones of a basic script that they could you know use to uh, to start prospecting.
0: Yeah. So when I uh, pull a list, I I try to, when I call someone that I don't know, I try to call and act like I've talked to them before to, to just start it off. Right. So let's yeah. say John, like, uh, Hey, John, how's it going? Uh, who's this? Oh, hey, sorry, you know, this is the first time I called you. This is Nathan. I'm calling because i I see that you're the owner of the apartment on Main Street. Um, you know, I'm an investor or I work with some investors in the area. We're really interested in buying properties in this area. Just uh, reaching out to see if you're even open to the thought about selling that that uh, property. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, hey, look, uh, you know, we're buying a lot of properties in this area. I'd love to for you to keep me in mind. Do you mind if I follow up with you in a couple months? Um no, don't ever call me again. I'll probably call them back again, yeah. but that, that would essentially just be. Or follow up, text, email, whatever you got. So I right? throw, throw them in a drip campaign, but yeah. essentially like. You're hold just, on, hold
1: on, Gino, give them a round of applause. Well done. Well done, sir. There you go. There you go. No, but that's, I mean, guys for, for, you know, cause we, we have a, again, a community and, and folks are sometimes looking for this type of stuff. There you go. It, it It's simple. It's quick. It's to the point. Are you interested? Right. This is what we right. do. Can we, can we, put, you know, potentially work together? I think that's great. So what were you saying?
0: No, I was going to say that my community, if you guys, for example, or anyone that we reach out to, if you guys have lists of people that you want us to call, we'll put the community on it. And we already have the, we're doing the reverse wholesaling, painless wholesaling method right now. Of just, we already, we find someone that's interested and then we tie it up, right? We connect it. So that's, that's what we do. You know, we're looking for deals and uh, we want to help out. There's like an ecosystem here, right? Like we find the deals, you close the deals, you know, we work together.
1: Yeah. No, I love it. Um, any books that you've read in the last couple of years that you want to share with the folks, anything that's added value to your life?
0: Uh, currently I'm reading, um, business made simple. I don't know if you've heard of that book.
2: Makes it sounds sense. very familiar. Gino, you read that one? It's a story brand. It's Don, Donald Miller's second book. I haven't read that one yet. You read the other, it's, it's read the other one though. Book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. He's a great author. He's awesome.
0: Don, Don, Donald Miller's awesome. Yeah. I'm reading a book called scattered minds by G- Gabor Mate or Gabor. Uh, he's about like, you know, I have ADHD and they say, apparently you can, uh, overcome it. So I'm trying so I'm reading so that book. Is is uh,
1: that what you want to do? Or is that your
0: superpower? You can be you know, messing what, yourself sure. up, man. Easy, I'm easy with sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's my superpower, but at the same time to run a business, it it makes it difficult to stay focused. So, uh, doing that, I read the slight, the slight edge, which is a great book traction. I mean, you guys know there's tons of great books out awesome. there, but I would just leave that those, those.
1: Awesome. Um, so what's the best way? So if we have folks in, like, like I said, in, in our community that want to reach out and, and get some help, you know, finding more deals or, or turning over a listing and saying, hey, what, you know, how can we work together on this? What's the best way to get hold of you?
0: Right, right. So YouTube. Uh, Nathan Payne you can watch my YouTube channel and then DM any comment we'll reach out to you Facebook uh, Nathan Payne I have a Facebook group called Painless wholesaling group Instagram Nathan Payne uh, official and then my I have a website called investorthrive.com if you go to any of those platforms and DM me or message me or comment like we'll we'll reach out to you I got I'm I'll either respond or the responder I have a virtual assistant in the Philippines who's awesome he he's on there on, on everything so that's that would say that'd be the best way to reach out
1: excellent Gino you ready I am ready hit
2: it give me a minute to recap the show you got a young Nathan Payne going to college he's going out there first thing he's selling he's selling Jesus and then he decides in the summertime I'm going out and I'm selling some dish satellites and one day he knocks on a door and he knocks on the wrong door guy pulls out a gun he goes you know what if it's my time to die I am okay he said bring it
1: on biatch I'm all right with Jesus
2: (laughs) and you know what from that point on, I think he said, you know, I'm going to get into the real estate business. This this wholesaling thing sounds really good. And he went from wholesaling to wholetailing. To creating his Still own. I don't know business. what it is, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's really cool about it is it's just simple scales, all, simple skills, uh, sales skills. And what I like about it more than anything else, he's not pressuring anybody to do anything. He's trying to offer an opportunity to someone who may want to be able to sell the home. You just be, have to be at the right place at the right time. You got to make a ton of calls. And what I like about it, he's scaling up the business. He's not doing it himself. And now he's thinking of himself, how am I going to get into this multifamily thing? I'm looking at different assets and I like it. If anybody's out there, they're young, they want to start in real estate. It's a great place to start, to actually get some skills, to learn how to sell, to pick up the phone, to get that rejection. And once you get those muscles and you get those skills, let's start investing that money that you start making.
1: Excellent. Nathan, appreciate your time. Gang, as always, we believe in buying deals for the long-term thinking decades. I'm Jake. He's the G Daddy. We make it happen. We'll see you next time.